0: Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. ...of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness, not in chambering or wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. What Paul is dealing with in these verses and what we're going to look at tonight, basically uh, the, the subject of today is your present walk and the coming day. Uh, the walk that we have right now and the walk in the day to come. Uh, Paul makes the statement, the approaching day of the Lord, and, and he deals with the fact that that should cause us to look at the contrast between the evil world and the walk in holiness. And that's basically going to be the two points that we're going to look at tonight uh, real quickly. The great contrast between the believer in Jesus Christ and those that are in the evil world. We looked at some of that this morning. We looked at the fact that why didn't Christ take us out of the world? Why why weren't we made sinless? Why weren't we totally sanctified? Why Why weren't all these things, why didn't all these things happen? And we looked at the fact that we are here for a purpose. And that is so that Christ is seen through us and in us. Paul's phrase here uh, where he says here in verse number 11, he said, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. He uses that word and that. And that ties back into all the way back to chapter twelve, verse number one. It ties back to what we've been looking at for the last several weeks. I beseech you therefore, brethren, what? By the mercies of God. Where where Paul is saying and that, he's saying basically because of everything I've said before. This is, this, he's basically saying the same thing that he said in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8 when he made that statement, For by grace are you saved through faith and that, not of yourselves. Where he says, and that, not of yourselves, he's looking back and, and saying the whole package of salvation is not of yourselves the grace of God the faith of God all of that and that not of yourselves well he says that here and he says and that because of everything that he has just mentioned everything that he's just talked about all the way back to and and you can even go back further but especially back to Chapter 12 and verse number 1 where he says, by the mercies of God. He's not changing a direction. He's still pointing in the same direction. He's still saying the same thing that he's been saying when he started looking at what our life looks like as we are in Christ. So here Paul is saying, all that I have been saying about presenting your bodies to God as a living sacrifice and being not being conformed to this world but being transformed by the renewing of your minds all of that is why that we should be awake and Paul is saying there's a contrast between the world and the Christian and you and I understand that we we've looked at even last Sunday morning we looked at Uh, the, the fact that the world hated us. Why did the world hate us? Because we are a reflection of Christ. The world doesn't hate you because you're Charles Nagy. The world doesn't hate you because you're Jeff Perry. The world hates you because you're a reflection of Christ. And you're a reflection of Christ because you're resting in Christ and Christ is magnified in you. He even told us in John chapter number 17, he said, and I am glorified in them. So it's, we were even talking about some of this this afternoon uh, after church this morning, basically. We were talking about the fact that it's, it's the same. If you go back and were to Listen to everything that's been preached at Gospel Way Baptist Church. We're basically preaching the same thing every Sunday. There's a different text. There's a different content. But it's all the same message. And it's the message that Christ is sufficient. We are not. And he is. That is the message. And and it's like Charles Spurgeon made the statement. He said, the best preaching is to take a text and run for the cross. Why? Because that is the message. That is what needs to be said. That is the only message. Our message isn't do better. Our message isn't change this or do this the message of the Bible is Christ and Christ alone. And because of that, there is a contrast between the Christian, between the believer and the world. And that contrast is because of Christ. That contrast is not because of us. It's because of Christ. The reason for that is, is the world is characterized by the deeds of darkness. You and I understand from Scripture and everything that we see in Scripture, the world is characterized by the works of darkness. Now the world would have you to believe that they are enlightened, that they have advanced, that they know things that they have become more knowledgeable and they're enlightened and they would have you to believe that the Christian is the one in darkness but you and I know that that is upside down you and I understand that the world is characterized by the deeds of darkness and you and I are children of light God told us that, in fact, John said that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And if we have fellowship with him, we walk in light as he is in the light. If not, we have fellowship with darkness, the darkness of this world. So we understand that there's a contrast. The Bible declares just the opposite of what the world says. The world says they're advanced, but the world is in utter darkness concerning God. Yes. They, they, have no, they have no knowledge of God. In fact, the Bible tells us, doesn't it tell us in another place that, that they did not retain God in their knowledge? The world is in darkness concerning man the world would tell you that this man is good and this man is good and this man is good but the Bible tells us there is none good no not one so you and I understand that there's a contrast there the, Bible, the, the, the world would would have us to believe that man is evolving well the Bible teaches us that man is depraved man will always lead back to that which is in darkness. Uh, The world is in darkness concerning the purpose for living. This world would tell you the purpose for living is get, 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 and can all you get. You and I understand that the purpose for living is just what we talked about this morning, that we magnify through, that, that Christ magnify himself through us. The world is also in darkness concerning death and eternity. How many times and, and I don't want to be a damper to people's thinking, but yet you've got to look at truth and the truth of the scriptures but how many times have we seen people that died and when they died the first thing that anyone says no matter what they lived like, no matter how they lived, no matter what their life was like, no matter if they and pardon the expression but no matter if they raised hell all of their life. The first thing, the very first thing that is said about any of them is they're in a better place. That's not always true. To be in hell for eternity is not a better place. So... The world is in darkness concerning death and eternity. They don't have an understanding. The world is characterized by the deeds of darkness. The believers are characterized by the armor of light. Paul tells us here in in verse number 11, he said, And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out out of sleep, for now is your salvation nearer than when you believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And what? Put on the armor of light. Paul uses the word armor reminding us that this contrast is a battle. This contrast is not just a contrast, but there's a, there's a battle. There's a spiritual warfare that's going on. And you and I understand this. There's a spiritual warfare that's taking place, and Paul uses the word armor to remind us of that. He says that we are to put on the armor of light, and you and I are to be characterized by the armor of light. Uh, As I've said, rather than calling it the deeds of light, like he said the deeds of darkness, the works of darkness, he calls it the armor of light. One of the things that we can gain from that is understanding you and I don't create that armor. That armor is given to us. We are told to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand in the evil day, that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, that we may be able to stand when it seems unstandable. So you and I there, there's what Paul refers to as the armor of light is calling our attention to the reality of the battle that's taking place. By calling it an armor, he draws attention to the need for holiness and righteousness. Christ said in John chapter number 14, verse number 15, Christ said, if you love me, what? Keep my commandments. He also said, my commandments are not what? They're not grievous. He also said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Christ is not telling us that he's going to burden us down with everything. But his burden, his his yoke is easy and his burden's light. His yoke is not going to wear you down. When you're yoked up with Christ and you're yoked up in Christ, that don't wear you down. That causes you to rest in what Christ has. And if we're doing that, we're keeping His commandments because He loved us. And we love him because he first loved us. So we understand it's not legalism to speak of the commands of God. God has commands for us. He tells us to love one another. Paul told us even last week when it when Jeffrey was talking about that love and how that's filled up. How that we're loving each other. He even made the statement that I've, I've heard made before. That statement is that God don't need our works. Our neighbor does. Our neighbor needs our good works. God don't need them. To God, they're filthy rags. But our neighbor needs them. And if we do them or, or we allow Christ or, or Christ does them through us and in us, they are a work that, that magnifies Him. It's not bringing attention to ourselves, but it's magnifying Him. So there's a difference between the world and the Christian and the Christian should live in stark difference to what the world does. We should be different than the world. And if we are resting in Christ, we will be different than the world. Does that mean that we're not going to do everything that everybody says we shouldn't do? No. But we're going to obey his commands and we're going to love one another and we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves, and we're going to Christ is going to magnify himself in us and through us. So in light of that, what is our motivation for walking in holiness? If we know there's a stark contrast and we know that the world is is characterized by the deeds of darkness and you and I are characterized by the armor of light, then we look at and understand that there is a motivation for holiness. My commandments are not grievous. If you love me, keep my commandments. There are commands that he gives us, and we are to keep those commandments. And Paul's telling us that there is a motivation for holiness in our life. There is a motivation for keeping those commandments. What is the motivation for keeping those commandments in this passage of Scripture? He tells us here in verse number 11, and that knowing the time. We know the time. We know that the day that we are living in, no matter what it may be because we are living in the world, it's an evil day. And because of that, we know that there is a contrast and you and I are walking in holiness, we're motivated to do that because we understand what it is in the world. We under we look out into the world and we we're not taken by surprise when we see something that happens. We 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 that doesn't sidetrack us because we see something happen because we understand that man is a depraved creature. We understand that 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 the world is characterized by the deeds of darkness. We understand that those that walk in fellowship with God, walk in the light of his word and obey the commands that he gives us. So the motivation, the motivational factor is brought out by verse number 12 where he tells us the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. We understand the time. That is the motivation for us. We know the time and that motivates us to walk in holiness. We understand that knowing the time, Paul, in, in in light of that, denotes this present age, the time between the first and the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the evil days. That's when You and I are living, and we're motivated to walk in holiness during that time. But we're not only motivated to walk in holiness because we know the time, but we're looking for a culmination of our salvation should be a motivating factor in our holiness or in our walking in holiness. And and when I say a culminating factor of our salvation, that is just like we talked about this morning, how that you and I are we're we're part of the process of Christ perfecting us. We we looked at this morning, we are a preacher for Christ. We are part of the process of perfection when Christ is working sanctification in us and that is what produces holiness Christ working in us Christ doing that work in us that he began on the day of salvation he is faithful he that began a good work in you will also finish that work You and I are, it doesn't take away from the fact, and don't misunderstand me, it doesn't take away from the fact that we are participants in our sanctification. But our sanctification is not produced by us. We are a product of Christ sanctifying us. It's, it's almost... Brother Charles mentioned something right after we got through this morning. And, and it was this. If Christ would have made us sinless the day we got saved, the first thing any one of us would have done would have flipped our suspenders and raised our nose in the air because we were sinless therefore sin would have been produced in us the sin of pride so we are it doesn't matter if there is any aspect of our sanctification if there's any aspect of our holiness that it, that we are producing it's no more holiness because The moment we do that, we're going to be lifted up in pride. There's not one of us that is that is. (laughs) There's not one of us that's exempt from that. That is where the Phariseeism comes from. That's where the uh, the scribes and the Pharisees got their point. We're we're glad that we're not as they are. Uh, so the motivation for our walk in holiness is seeing the culmination, seeing seeing the process of what God is doing in us. His completing salvation in us. You and I are saved from sin and one day we there will be no sin we'll be free from that sin Christ is working in us and and working in our sanctification and in doing so that holiness is in light of what he's doing in us in light of what he's working in us and and I think that's what Paul's talking about here when he makes this statement. Let me look back. Uh, where he makes a statement in verse number 11, And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. What is he talking about? He's talking about that culmination, that cultivation, that sanctification, that process that God's working in our lives. Our completed, if you will, not to say that we're not saved. We're completely saved. And, and to be honest with you, in the eyes of God, we're completely sanctified. Because we're in Christ. But it is Christ working that work of sanctification in us that, as far as we can see, is a continued process. We know that we're saved. We're just as saved the day we are born again as the day that we die. Nothing changes that. We're we're just as right with God the day that we receive the grace of God. We're just as right with God then as we will ever be. But in our walk in this world, it is a continued process. And it is something that Christ cultivates and culminates and And that is the reason we look at people's lives and you look at your own life and I look at my own life and we see growth. That growth is not produced because of us, it is produced because of Christ working in us. And it is a culmination of that, that work of Christ that ought to be a motivation for a continued walk in holiness. Uh, we, we get to the point sometimes we get a wrong view of God or we get a wrong view of ourselves And when we do, we get all these things mixed up. But when we see God as God is and we see ourselves as we are, then we recognize and understand that it is the work of God that's taking place. It's the work of God that's happening. And that's what Paul's telling us. Paul wasn't saying that we're all asleep. Paul wasn't coming over and trying to wake everybody up. He was telling us, now that you see this, now that you understand this, this ought to be our motivation. And and let me back up. He was basically saying, when you see this as it is, this will be your motivation. This will be your walk. This will be, as we rest in Christ and we rest in the work of Christ in us, the more that we rest the more holiness He works in us. But the more we fight the less work's being done. What are you going to do with your Children and I, I I know Jeffrey would would know more about this because of the age of his children. What are you going to do with your children when you are trying to dress them? You're trying to put something on them, like the armor of light. You're trying to put something on them, but they're wiggling around all over the place. But when they just stand there with their hands up, it's easy to get them dressed. What did we do as parents? Stand still. Pull those bridges up. We, just different things we did as parents. That's what Christ is trying to get us to see, trying to get us to understand that the more we rest, the more we are at rest in Christ, not the not the lazier we get, But the more we rest in the sufficiency of Christ, the more Christ is able to do in our walk of holiness. And that's what Paul was trying to get us to see. This this wasn't Paul trying to beat us. It was trying to get us to recognize because of the mercies of God. Because of everything that I've told you about, because of everything that I've mentioned to you, that's what he was telling the Romans when he wrote the letter. Because of all of this, your walk of holiness will be this. So it wasn't a beat you down. It was a lift you up by resting in him, by resting in the fact that he's doing the work. And there again, the more we rest, the more we walk in the holiness of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truths that we see in the Word of God. We thank you for what?